What's up, all you motorcycle enthusiasts? Welcome to another episode of the V-Twin Life, where we talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins and what feels our passion about it, why we enjoy it so much. Also, this episode of the V-Twin Life is sponsored by that Northwest brand, Crash Inc. Clothing. You can find them on the World Wide Web at CrashInClothing.com and on Instagram at Crash underscore Inc. And for those of you that live in that Northwest corner of Oregon, don't forget you can swing on down into Paradise Harley-Davidson and pick up some Crash Inc. gear because they got it on the shelves and got that Crash Inc. display ready. So, let's get into this episode. Today we got one of those YouTube moto vloggers that enjoys that life on two wheels, does a lot of riding, showcases a lot of stuff on YouTube. He's got a great page on Instagram. So let's get this going with FX DLS Brooklyn. What's going on, man? Man, I just got to say off the bat, I didn't realize that you were recording that intro live every time. It's quite uncanny how well it matches up to all the other ones I heard. Sweet. Thanks. Yeah. You know, I, it's something I enjoy. I think um, I'm getting more comfortable doing it. And, you know, public speaking was never a thing for me. I think one thing that helps me with these podcasts is I got into announcing baseball games in the town where I live in Port Angeles. And I think it took me probably a season at least to where I was comfortable in the booth. Cause I was never a fan of public speaking. So, you know, talking over a microphone in front of people took a while to get comfortable, but I think it helps, you know, reflect in this when I, you know, get into these podcasts and do that intro. Cause I got a lot of passion for it. And, you know, same thing with baseball. It took me a little while to get comfortable with it. Cause you know, I was never that guy that wanted to be in front of everybody talking, but I'm getting better at it and, you know, try to reflect that when I do it just to sure. But, you know, I enjoy this and have fun with it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Cause I, I feel like, yeah, your personality definitely comes through and um, that's, that's surprising. You know, I, I kind of felt like you were uh, quite skilled at public speaking, but yeah, man. <laughs> no, not me quite the opposite, but I'm getting a little <laughs> better at it and, you know, I, I guess you kind of get used to it when you you start diving into this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like for me, it's kind of become the thing that I could like turn on if I need to. Where it's like, hey, if I'm at the if I'm at the bike night or I'm at I'm at a big event, I'm usually not like striking up a million conversations. I'm usually not trying to make myself the center of attention. But it's like if I need to do it, I I could do it. You know. Yeah, and for me, I think it's still the opposite if I'm, you know, say I'm trying to film something to film myself on camera. I'm still, I'm not comfortable with that part, but I'm I'm trying to get there. I'm working on it. So hopefully this will, you know, help me get to that point. For sure, man. Like, I, I mean, e- even regularly hearing your own voice, like, makes a very big difference. Very true. I, I agree with that. So, man, where did, uh, what got you into motorcycles? How about we start there and we'll we'll go with that. Oh man, <laughs> it's a long story. Um, so for, we, for you me, can do the short version if you need. <laughs> yeah, all right, right on. So, so for me, I, I'll I'll try to take you from where the interest came from, and I'll try to bring you and bridge it to where I'm at today. But for me, it was always kind of something that was part of my family, where my dad. Definitely, it was always into high-performance cars. You know, he had a really sick Mustang when I was growing up. 
Um, he also had he has Harley Davidson. You know, he actually had a uh, '88 Sportster, and I remember I actually have memories of just being really young, like maybe five years old or something, um, riding on the back of that thing. You know, he would take me on rides and stuff. So. For me, you know, I had my uncles that, that rode. It was just always something that was kind of in my family. So because of that, um, as I was growing up, I, it never really was something that I took much of an interest in as a kid because it was more just like, oh, that's that's dad's thing. That's like, that's the old guy Harley thing. You know, I'm not, why, why would I, you know, be into that? You know, that's dad, his friends and my uncles, you know? And me, I was more, um, I was kind of more intrigued in the punk and the hardcore scene and the skateboarding scene out here. And that's kind of what, um, what I was brought up on growing up and then kind of got into my early twenties. And that's kind of where that changed in one pivotal moment where I had, um, I had an ex whose family lived about an hour outside of Atlanta out in Georgia and they had a pretty good amount of land and they just had like um, tons of like awesome dirt bikes and you know tons of like fun toys and stuff like that and I remember just I was out there I think we were out there for a wedding or something and just on, on a whim you know I sat on the dirt bike you know and I took it out pulled in the clutch you know it came came very naturally to me and I think within 10 minutes, I think my, my jaw had just dropped and I just kind of had this like very, very spiritual moment right at that time where it's like, this is what I've been missing out on. Like, this is what my, this is why my dad rides. This is why this has been this thing that my family has done. And in that moment, I was like, oh, I get it. This, this is why uh, dad does his bike trips. This is why dad rides in the ring, you know? And I remember calling my dad that night and just being like, why, why didn't you tell me? Like, why, why didn't you try to encourage me to, to do this thing? And then once I had that moment, that's where it kind of like threw me into this V-twin life that we're currently in, where the, um, the family I'm telling you about out in Georgia, the grandfather was nice enough to, you know, he saw how much fun I was having on the dirt bike out there, just ripping around the trails, he had himself a uh, Yamaha V-Star, kind of like a midline cruiser. And he was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's yours, man. Whenever you're here, it's yours. Just take, take it out. <laughs> so I went like very quickly from a uh, little dirt bike to a mid-sized cruiser. And I'm just, just riding all around these back roads in Georgia, just like cutting my teeth out there. Cause you couldn't, you couldn't get away with that in New York. Like you kind of, you know, you can't get away with that with a permit out here. You kind of have to have a class M and jump through all these different hoops going to the DMV. So basically we, um, I, I, I do that. I'm, I'm immediately hooked, come home. Um, my dad has, has long since upgraded to a uh, soft tail heritage at this point. So he saw me taking an interest. He immediately gave me the family sportster. And then out here, that's kind of what I cut my teeth on, you know, and I was basically just ripping around on that Sportster all throughout, um, it's probably the tail end, this, this is going into like 2015. So I'm mainly ripping miles on that, 
you know, he's taking me on group runs. He's doing things to kind of put my skill to the test and sharpen my skill a little bit. In terms of um, where I'm at now, which is like the purpose-built Dyna scene, you know, into Dynas and FXRs, that's, um, well, that that's kind of like a whole separate story of, what, of how I got <laughs> to that. But how I got into riding, that's, that's the gist of it, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it's cool to hear, you know, another person that, you know, was kind of handed down a bike from their father to them and, and going because, you know, it's kind of where I had a, you know, similar deal with, with my new road glide, which was, you know, handed down from, from my dad kind of also as a, a father's day gift. And it's neat to see that, you know, you were in a very similar situation and, you know, can understand also that sentimental value and, and appreciate it. And, and enjoy the times also ride with your dad, which is freaking awesome. I mean, that's, that's how it started for me as like very much a family thing and a way that I connect with my dad. And it's still that, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough where we still have that relationship and we're still able to make that happen today. But I mean, that there's been, there's been many times where it's crossed my mind to like, flip that sportster that we still have for a quick three grand and put it into like an FXR or something. But there's always like that feeling that you just talked about where it's like, yeah, this is like kind of like a heirloom bike. You know, it feels kind of like sacrilege to just let this thing go with everything that it's been through within my immediate family, you know? Oh yeah. And the, the history that you have with it. And you know, like I said, it's just sentimental. Absolutely. You know, and that's why, Till this day, we actually, I was using it as like a daily commuter out in Brooklyn. It was really wonderful. Just to, it, it did everything it needed to do if you were doing mostly urban riding. But um, these days, we actually have it up in the campsite that we stay at up in the Catskills. So it's like any time, like if someone has to drive up there and say, I'm I, I'm I'm probably 90% of the time if I'm going up in the Catskills, I'm doing it on my motorcycle. But if my dad's up there and he had to drive, it's like we always have that Sportster there in the pocket. Like if we want to go out and like rip a couple hundred miles or whatever. That's awesome. I think that's pretty cool. That, that aspect of it too. Kind of, you know, that extra one when you guys get up there. And so does your family kind of have a, a place up there or something where you can store it and everything? <laughs> yeah, we have um, people always laugh, man. Cause I'm saying like, I'm basically living, we're living on, in a van down by the river. Shout out to Connor FXDB. He just actually released a video where he's actually doing that same thing. But it's like we have a, um, it's on a campground and we, we have um, two trailers that we stay in. You know, you pay rent yearly, but like we have sheds and stuff up there where you can store stuff. That's cool. Speaking of Connor, I think his episode will air next week, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's... That that dude is probably the reason why, probably one of the main reasons why I started motoblogging. Oh, that's freaking cool. Yeah, he was. This is back. This is back in maybe 2015. I think that's around when he started riding. And um, YouTube didn't really have as many like people out there on like dinas and, and stuff like that. But he was one of the he was one of the early ones. And I remember I would watch. <laughs> I would watch his videos and I would just be like just his, his energy at that time. And still till this day, it was just like, it was so positive. It was the type of thing where you, you'd watch this and it's like, it's not going to put me in a bad mood. He's not, 
you know, there's, there's no there's no uh, road rage or, or bad energy or anything. If you watch his videos, it's all positive. It's all good. You know, he's just out there enjoying enjoying his bikes, enjoying the rides. And um, he actually, I I never in the beginning of all this, like when I got my Dyna, like I never wanted to have any part of any of this. Like I didn't want to have a part of like any of the Dyna Instagrams or the YouTube or anything. But on my personal Instagram, which I which I used to have, which is just like, you know, my immediate family and friends, I posted a picture of my Dyna in 2016 after I had um, installed the Lucky Dave's Lucky 13 T-bars and some other stuff like a step up seat. And I just tagged him in it. And I just, you know, I, I, I thanked him for, you know, providing that content, you know, and helping me get this thing dialed in he reposted it it got reposted by all these different uh, pages like dynamite crew dynaholics like all these pages are reposting this and it's like freaking me out because it's on my like uh personal instagram so that's when fx dls brooklyn was created because i was like i can't have this like i, I feel like I, i'm at this point where i need to create this separate thing and that's where the channel started because he started encouraging me to motovlog and here we are today and he seems like a, a very genuine person. His, you know, I've talked to him a few times on the phone, and it's like how you see his personality in his videos, YouTube. You know, is he's always got you know stories going on, but you talk to him outside of that, like conversation on the phone, he's the same person. It's like he just seems like a very genuine person. You know, we're hoping this summer he was talking about coming up my way, and it'd be cool to meet him in person and and hang out for a while, just because he he seems like an awesome dude. Dude, it's 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 pretty crazy, man. Because it's it's like even myself, like when I'm moto vlogging, I am probably a um, accentuated version of my personality. Where it's like I'm on my bike, so you're finding me at like some of my happiest and most energetic moments, right? So, <laughs> like I'm, I, I probably you know I do my best to carry like a, a positive energy with me throughout the day, but I'm I don't think I'm going to be like that excited about opening my computer or like whatever task I'm doing. The crazy thing about Connor, you know, because I, I have ridden with the dude before, I have hung out with the dude before in person, is his, um, like, what he presents on YouTube is exactly what he's like in person, which I feel like you don't often find that. And it's it's really cool. He's just really, really authentic, really, really sincere dude. You know, it's not, he's just, you know, not one of those people, basically, you know, that, that puts on a front. He's, you know, how he is is how he is. And I think that, you know, it says a lot about a person when, you know how you you follow some of these guys on social media and then when you do get that chance it's like you know it's just it's that same person that they portray online it's just it's who they are absolutely i think um yeah it was great man it, we it was back in i think yeah it was back in 2017 i was visiting a friend out in austin and we rented a street glide out there and then I connected with him and I did like a day trip with him out in San Antonio. And he like took us all around on some nice roads, took us to this like infamous, um, this infamous store out in Texas, Bucky's, which is like a giant gas station. But then it's a department store that like has all this like crazy stuff, like hunting gear and stuff. So he like uh, he really took the time out of his day to show us around and, you know, get some good miles in with us and. You know, we've been planning a trip for him to come to New York at some point where, you know, we could hopefully return the favor. That'd be cool. I know someday I, I can't wait to venture out that way and see some of the East Coast. And, you know, I, you see a lot of pictures of it. and It'd be cool to, to see a lot of that stuff in person. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely a goal of some of the videos that I try to make and some of that content is, you know, to get people to come out here and experience some of the riding out here and experience the motorcycle culture out here because it's pretty rich and, you know, there's a lot to do. And it's like we talked earlier. One thing that, you know, I really, I really like about your channel is you do, you know, showcase a lot of your area and, you know, through your videos help show people the area and the riding area that is around that, you know, New York area and in all the areas you ride, you do a good, I think you do a really good job of, of showcasing that. And I know I've tuned into plenty of it and, you know, made notes. And like I said, I can't wait to someday visit that area and get to see some of it. Absolutely. You know, and, and I do my best, but th there is, it does offer a lot of diversity where it's like, I'm talking to you in Brooklyn right now. If I wanted to, I could go rip around, hit the murals, hit the streets, which is it's like own type of riding. I could go whatever, like a couple miles south. And now I'm riding along the beach, which is nice. Or I could go 100 miles north and now I'm in the mountains. So it's like the, the, the diversity of riding out here is definitely a benefit to being out here. If you can survive and mentally handle the traffic and the potholes and some of the uh, challenges that come along with riding out of New York City. Yeah, I, I don't think, honestly, that I would like that part of it at all. I mean, for me, I'm like, you know, two hours west of Seattle, and uh, I hate going through Seattle on my motorcycle. I, I avoid it like the plague. If Even to going around the south skirts of Puget Sound, you know, to get to whether east or Washington, you got to hop I-5 for a little while and go through Tacoma and some of those areas, and <laughs> I can't stand it. I'll, you know, give you guys credit for, you know, living in the area and having to deal with that. I'm, just, I'm not, a, <laughs> yeah. not a fan of that part at all. That, yeah, that's funny, man, because to, to give you a little comparison, I mean, when, when I did ride out there with Jenny, who was originally from there, um, you know, I'm, I'm riding around the city, you know, we're, we're hopping onto the ferry to get onto the, to get across the Puget Sound. And I just say to her, I'm like, wow, like, this is this is so refreshing. It, this is so refreshing to ride. You know, the, the lanes are open. You know, no one's like aggressively cutting me off. So I, I had a very pleasant experience riding through that city. Well, and yeah, for I can understand that from, you know, coming where you're coming from or New York. I mean, I haven't been there. I've seen plenty of, you know, whether you're watching the news or videos and you see the lovely congestion you guys have over there and, Maybe Seattle ain't quite as bad and the road wise, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a fan of it. But it no. means, you know, it could be a lot, lot easier for you to get through just because you're worse of something that, or you're used to something that is worse. Yeah, it's 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 normal for me. You know, I I, I grew up here. Why? I mean, you know, traffic for you come from New York isn't near as bad probably as what we live face in Seattle because, you know, you guys get probably have a lot more congestion with population and everything over there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I grew up here. Um, specifically, I, I grew up in, in Long Island, which isn't isn't much better. But um, it's been it's, – it's like the weather, man. It's like – well, actually, it's more predictable than the weather. If I get on my bike right now, you know, <laughs> and I try to go either north, south, any direction at this point – there's going to be some gnarly traffic until probably 8 p.m. And if, you know, I want to get my miles in tomorrow, it's got to be early. <laughs> you know, so 
if, if you could, if you could accept it and you could, you know, mentally get over it, I think there's, a, I think there's benefits to it as well, you know, because when, when I do do these road trips and, and I do ride in other parts of the country, like I, I do feel like some of the stuff that we have to deal with on a daily basis being riders, you know, from New York City, from Brooklyn, like it definitely does sharpen your riding skill. And, and I feel that when I, when I leave it, you know. I can understand that. I mean, you got to be highly on the defensive side, probably, especially riding in, you know, through Brooklyn and New York in that area. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, there's always, there's always going to be something. (laughs) There's always going to be something, but you know, it's all good. You're still on two wheels, still moving. Right. Now, didn't you and your dad, did you guys ride out to Sturgis here recently? Okay. So we, we were going to, we were planned to do, 2020 the this this last one mm-hmm. those plans got canceled due to the pandemic we did not um go through with the trip the last sturgis trip that i did was 2019 we rode out there it, um from from new york rode out there and then rode back and then i the first time the first time i rode out there we were planning to do 2016 it actually wound up happening in 2017 and that was my first time riding quote unquote cross country i'm not going to call it full-on cross country because we basically rode to the end of wyoming and back but it's like hey you put in another day there you're you're at the pacific you know yeah but yeah you're still crossing the country i think it's you know plenty fair to say how many days it take you guys to get there every time we do it we do it in three days which isn't bad because that's still got to be over two thousand miles for you yeah, it's you do it in three days, and it's like, yeah, it's it's like you you, you could you could bank on doing five hundred days each way. But the last time we did it, we would do we would mix it up. Like we we would do like an eight hundred day, you know, and like and then have a really easy day for the third day. You know, I mean, you could do it in two days if you wanted to, mm-hmm. but um, three's kind of been the magic number. Okay, yeah, I was just curious, yeah, because usually I know from I haven't been yet, but I know like when guys come from here, most of them do it in two you get halfway through Montana the first day. And then the second day you're, you can get there. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like you spoke to Vongaswa, you know, it's part of doing those trips has definitely become ingrained in part of my riding philosophy because back in 2016, when I bought my Dyna, you know, and I would, I would float around ideas to like friends and family that I wanted to do this you know, they would laugh at me, you know, because I didn't have a touring model. They'd say, you're, ne- you're never going to do it on a Dyna. That bike's not set up to do it. And then, you know what? Like, I would just look them in the eyes and I'd say, watch me, you know. And this is this is back when, you know, you'd go onto YouTube and Instagram back in 2016. And you weren't really finding many people doing this on, on a Dyna, right? And if someone was doing it, you know, I wasn't aware of it. So I didn't really have like much to go off of the first time I did it. So <laughs> one of the pictures I actually sent you, like it's pretty, the, the setup is ridiculous. I, I'm not running any, any side bags, right? And the only thing I had that I was running off of was this little tiny like chopper sissy bar bag, you know, and this like uh, super hipster style backpack, a Herschel camel backpack, like, and that was it. Like I did, I did the whole trip with just those two bags and made it happen. And I think that's when 
I my my content started to be put on the map a little bit because like I started while I was doing that trip and people saw that we made it and we did it and like oh you can do this on a Dyna it really you really don't need a touring model you don't have to trail your bike that's when like the DMs started coming in of like you know people just showing respect or people just asking questions about you know what was my setup what was the best route the best uh, route um, etc. Well, and it's kind of like when we talked earlier, you know, you're building that bike for you, for your needs, how you want it. And, you know, you can build that bike around what you want to do and you make it work for you. Absolutely. And, and it's like that, that's my, that's always been and continues to be my riding style, which is, it's pretty simple. It's just go fast and go far. Like how many miles can I accumulate in the season? You know, how fast can I go? And at this point, like that particular bike, because you could look at the, you could look at my Instagram and you could look at my YouTube and that bike is going to look different every single year. And at that point, it is optimized for that type of riding where you have an FXRT fairing. Um, you know, I, I have a proper um, uh, touring bag that I got in like 20, 2018, I think. It's the same one that Bonga Slot is running as well. I have the Leather Pro saddlebags. So it's at a point now where it's like, I did it when it was bare bones. Now I can just do it way more efficiently. Yeah. You you got the accessories where, yeah, you're like saying you're way more set up to, you know, you want to go tour and, and crush some miles and go places. You're, you're definitely more set up now than you were back then. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's kind of like one of my goals of my content is like, I just want to encourage people that it does, it really doesn't matter what you ride. It really doesn't matter. Like any bike will do the trip if you have the will to do it. There was even like some guy that did it on, on a Grom, I think, you know? So it's like, I, I, I like when um, I get anecdotals from people where it's like, hey, I did my first long trip. Like, thanks to whatever content I came out was like really helpful to them, you know? Because again, when, when, I, when I tried to do it in 2016, like people laughed at me, you know? And then I did it and there wasn't much laughter after that. <laughs> Let's well, so talk about guys doing on a Grom. I've seen posts from Ride One K in a Day. I mean, people are crushing thousand mile days on a Grom, which, dude, hands down, man, I'd shake that man's hand. That's that takes a lot to to do it on a bike that size. Holy cow! Yeah, absolutely. There's there's another um, Brooklyn based moto blogger out here by the name of Ducati NYC. He he did. New York to Sturgis, or at least New York to the Badlands, which is you're basically the Sturgis on a um, Ducati Monster. I'm pretty sure those are um, those are V twins, right? Oh yeah, God, and I tell you what, a, a Ducati V twin that is a sound all its own. Absolutely, and he like he he's just another guy where like that that's my that's my riding philosophy. Whereas like he's the type of guy where he doesn't winterize his bike. He doesn't care that the bike is not built to do those types of miles. He's getting out there. He's getting after it regardless of the season. And then regardless of, you know, the distance that's ahead of him. So I think, I think you would find him really interesting. He might be a good uh, potential guest if you ever want to like mix it up past uh, Harley Davidson's. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, that was all part of the, you know, the, the theory when I went in trying to figure out a good name was the V twin life because V twin covers, almost every bike manufacturer, I mean, Honda, Suzuki, Yamaha, Ducati, Aprilia. I mean, the, the list goes on. I mean, there's V twins is, it's not just, you know, 
Harley Indian, and it's not just touring bikes. I mean, you got the old sport bikes, uh, Suzuki TL1000s, the V-Stroms. I mean, there's V-Twin is such a large por- part of the motorcycle industry. I thought it would be, you know, uh, a great name to choose, the V-Twin Life, because it, it covers everybody almost. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. It's a, it's a great, great title for the podcast. Thank you. Now, I got one question. Now, in those pictures you sent, where is that tunnel? Okay, so that <laughs> that tunnel is if you go to Sturgis um, and you do Needles Canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone who hasn't done that, if if you're trying to ever do that, make sure you do it really early and like at an off hour because you can run the risk of like getting stuck behind a trike or a long line of uh, of, of bikers who want to take it slow, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's like if you really want to you know, sink your bike into some of those curves. You really want to try to get an early start, but you have needles Canyon, which is like pretty well-known Sturgis ride. And then that will shoot you out into what is known as iron mountain pass, which is um, sending you towards Mount Rushmore. And then as you go through iron mountain pass, you just have these like crazy corkscrews, crazy twisties. And then you also go through these crazy tunnels that they um, threw some dynamite into you know, however long ago. And now you just have these tunnels that are through straight rock. So it's like <laughs> you you ride through those. And, you know, the tradition that we do is you just rev really hard and see whose pipe is the loudest through those. But that, that one tunnel is the last one that you go through before you see Mount Rushmore for the first time. Oh, that's cool. And, you know, I think that's with any tunnel. I don't know. I think it's a good, always one of those things is, uh, how good do your pipes sound when you're going through a tunnel? <laughs> yeah. I mean, out, out here in New York back in, um, back in 2017, there is a, there was a giant ride that was organized by a couple of motobloggers out here. Um, BX Polymath, Defobra and Clutch First. These three motobloggers organized this ride called uh, the Northeast Moto Meetup. Um, some, somehow I wound up actually helping leading that ride. It was, it was me and another Dyna up front, but there's a tunnel out here in, um, New York. I think it's like, I think it's technically called the battery tunnel, but it's like a, a tunnel that's a good, I don't know, maybe mile, two mile stretch. So you're in there for a while. And the sound of having like a hundred plus bikes in there all revving is probably one of the craziest things I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> Dude, that would be crazy with that many. I don't think I've ever gone through it with, say, more than two or three bikes in a tunnel. So, dude, that many would definitely make one heck of an echo. Yeah, it just it, sa- it sounded like a zoo, man, of, of like every possible animal just like just roaring, you know? It, it was an interesting one. That'd be a freaking cool experience, though. Yeah, well, that, that that takes it back to New York. It's like in one moment you're in a tunnel, revving, blasting through a curve. The next moment you're on one of these iconic bridges, whether it's the Brooklyn, Williamsburg, or Manhattan. Next moment you're up in the mountains, you know? So if, if you have the opportunity, come out here and come get some of these miles in, you know? You had a couple – you do get some cool pictures you take on the bridges over there, I got to say. Yeah, um, I've – my my picture game has, you know, after meeting Vongas a lot, like he's pushed me to a different level of uh, photography that I, I wouldn't be at if I didn't know him, where it's like, he's kind of taught me to like, look at certain angles or look at certain lights to really elevate the picture game. 
Um, but but a lot a lot of my pictures too are pictures that he's taken of me because we ride so much together. So mm-hmm. like we'll we'll be riding and he'll notice something cool on the side of the road. And it's like I'm I'm right there, so he'll snap the picture. So I'd say probably at this point, maybe like I don't know, twenty five to thirty percent of photos that I post of myself or my bike are actually taken by him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I've I've recently hit like the skill level where I've taken pictures of him at this point that he's really happy with and he's proud of because I'm like, you know, I'm I'm at the point where I'm starting to figure it out too. So it's it's nice to return the favor. So do you you also pack like a an actual point and shoot camera or do you do a lot of it with your phone? Um I I I try to avoid like any extra devices cuz I'm already like having the cameras to record to the GoPros. So I, I I have an iPhone 11, which the thing just has an amazing camera on it. And that's it. You know, and then Bongaslot with what he does, he has a iPhone that's a couple of years, even um, earlier than that. And he does what he does just with an iPhone. And when I first met him, I was like, all right, dude, so where's your DSLR? Like, where's your fancy camera? And I couldn't believe that everything he was taking was with an iPhone. So you know, you don't really need, like, the best camera in the game. You don't really need, like, crazy equipment. You know, you kind of just need to be in the right place at the right time and be able to seize the moment. Yeah, and that's with me. I mean, I just, I got, the, you know, the iPhone 11 Pro Max, and I've never had a, a professional camera. Any means I've always just used my, you know, whether it was my old 7 Plus or, or this iPhone. And it is, I mean, these cameras and smartphones have came, so far in the last years it's crazy yeah absolutely i'm i I love that phone and the pictures it takes you know i recently learned how to use the um the portrait mode so i'm like addicted to that right now so you'll see like a (laughs) bunch of pictures of of that type on my on my feed every now and then yeah i like using snapseed it's a free editing app and they have some you know even if you don't take it portrait mode they have you know, in the settings, you can edit the photos down into portrait mode also with the Snapseed. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that that's what I need to do. You know, it's just like the, the thing is, is I'm, I'm already just doing like so much different types of editing, like for the YouTube. And then I'll, I'll customly edit the thumbnails through Photoshop. So it's like it, it's hard for me to commit to like another editing software. But I see what I see what Vongaslot's able to do with it. And it, it definitely intrigues me. But I, I don't know if I could uh, commit enough energy to learn how to use that properly right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What editing software are you using, like for your videos and stuff? Oh, uh, I, I well, when I started, I think maybe the first year, I was just using iMovie. It's just nothing fancy, and that was good enough to just get the job done. I've long since transitioned to Final Cut Pro, and that's that's what I continue to use, and you know, learn how to use better every time I make a video. Yeah, I was just curious because, I mean, I, I've, you know, dabbled like two videos. One wasn't really motorcycle related and the other one was. And I've used iMovie because I'm not super good with, you know, using computers. I can get around on my smartphone really well, but I've, you know, computers are still not my thing. Yeah, you don't, you don't really even need, like, it's, it's crazy, man. Like, I remember, like, like I said, I got into motovlogging in 2016 and my first videos are like atrocious like I, I have a video that you could go back in my history and I'm literally in in a garage like tightly packed with a bunch of stuff 
just pointing vertically with my phone at like my bike and just talking about the things that I had on my bike back in 2016. Like it was like a Thunderheader and I think a Memphis Shades gauntlet. I'm just talking about it. Yeah, throw the clips together. It it wasn't even horizontal. It was it was vertical. Like you're watching like a, a kid's TikTok or something. <laughs> I, I threw it threw it onto onto YouTube. You know, as I started the channel, and like the, the thing is, it's crazy how that video performed. So it's like YouTube is is the is a really strange thing where it's just like one of those things where I could like really be passionate about a video that I'm making and spend a lot of time and really show a lot of precision in there. And that video is not going to perform well. Whereas, you know, myself or someone else could throw up something just on a whim, put, put maybe an hour or sink an hour or two into it and have the thing go viral. So it's like YouTube is just like such a strange beast in that way, you know? But then it's like, you know, you talk, you look at your first videos and, you know, you've been at it a number of years and think, you know, like a lot of people, you know, I, I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube and everybody starts at that same beginning spot. I mean, and then over time you progress and, you know, I don't think there's any way around it. Your first videos are never going to be what they are. If you're three, four five, six years into it, you, you learn the trade and, you know, you start learning, you know, the editing and, you know, filming it right, like you said, from going horizontal, shooting in landscape mode, and it it all comes with time of, of spending the time and learning it. It's a trade, almost all on its own. Yeah, absolutely. And like I'm, I'm always like I've I've always had the attitude in the last four years at this point that I've been doing it, where it's like at the end of the day, whatever it is, I'm going to keep it authentic to the content that I want to make which is for me, it's mostly while I'm on the bike in the action of riding. Cause like, that's, what's exciting to me. It's not exciting to me to be off my bike and, you know, talking about my bike or whatever. I do have videos where I'm doing that, but like that's primarily my content is actually moving is actually on the bike riding. But um, like that, that's been my attitude where it's like, I'm going to make what I'm going to make. And like, I don't care, you know, if, if someone like how, how it's received, but lately, you know, I've been starting to like think a little bit differently where especially like the last year where I'm trying because I, I do have a platform that has gained traction and I do have a subscriber base at this point and I do have Patreon support at this point where it's like I'm trying really hard to like really have my finger on the pulse to just get a sense of what my viewers want to see and then not just turn on the camera when I think it's like the time that um, I want to record and a video that I'm going to have fun editing, but I'm just trying really hard to like meet it halfway where I could do something that's authentic, but also have it be something that my audience wants to watch. That's a good point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tricky. It's, it's really tricky. Cause like, I, I know, I, I know some, some moto bloggers where it's like, for them, like community engagement is number one and like views is number one. And like, they're going to follow the views. Like they're going to make the content that's going to get the views, right? But then you have the total other end where you have like moto bloggers who are not going to get the views, but you could just tell that they're having fun. And you could just tell that it's like, it's like natural, it's like fun content, you know? And, and there's no wrong way to do it. Like, like, like it depends on what your goals are. Like you could do it either way. But I, I'm more like just in finding myself kind of in the middle at this point, you know, just because, again, like I'm going to be authentic to my riding style, my riding philosophy, 
But again, I also do recognize at this point that I'm I'm not at like 500 subscribers anymore. You know, I've, I've built the base where I have to be kind of cognizant of what people want to see as well, you know? Yeah, and then, you know, stay true to, to who you are and, and what you're doing and also enjoy it. Yeah, at, at, the, at the end of the day, you know, and it's like you're, you're doing it right now too, you know, you're making your own content, you know, and I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying having the conversation and that's that's the cool thing about making this kind of content. It's like every ride I do, I get to relive it, you know, just like every conversation you get to have on this, you get to relive it when you edit it. True, and you know, and it makes it, it makes this conversation so much more, I don't think I want to use the word organic, but it's just an easy conversation. It's fun because we both have, we share that common ground of, you know, love for, for motorcycles and riding and, you know, that, that community or in finding people that share that it, you can have great conversation and it's just, it's a lot of fun, you know, picking each other's brain and, and learning what, you know, what works and, and why we all enjoy it so much. Yeah, man. That, that, that's another aspect of, of riding and motorcycles. It's just like, it, it's a great unifier, you know, like would, would some dude in Brooklyn be having a conversation across the country to someone in the Pacific Northwest right now, if we weren't both, you know, in tune to this thing, like probably not, you know? So it's like a, a lot yeah. of times, like I, I've just, I've met so many people from doing this one thing that I would never meet, you know? So it's like, for, for me, it's like, um, it's just expanded my, um, my world just in terms of like diversity and every, every type, every type of like way that people bring different things to the table. Like I take, take a ride I did recently. Right. And, and this is, this is normal for New York, you know, where we are a very diverse city. Right. So it's like, we're, we're at the meetup spot and like, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, we're, we're doing a normal ride or whatever. And then for a second, I'm just thinking, I'm like, you know, this, this is really interesting when you break this down. Cause it's like, here I am, you know, I'm just like some, some Italian dude coming out of Brooklyn. Then you have Vongaslot, who's a Parisian here now living in Brooklyn. And then you have uh, my buddy BX Polymath, who is Dominican from the Bronx. And then you have my buddy Retro Jones, who is black coming from Queens. So it's like, especially here in New York, like the diversity is definitely very apparent in our riding culture out here. But I feel like across the board, like motorcycles, like we get it. Like it is a very, very unifying thing. Yeah. And, and these days, sisterhood. Absolutely. I, I was just about to say that same thing too. And, you know, and everybody shares, you know, I see you also like to use that hashtag, that PMA, you get that positive mental attitude going and it's awesome. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's huge for me. And that's what motorcycles do. They, they support positive mental attitude for me. And that's why in my logo or, or any visuals that are attached to me, you're always going to see that bad brains lightning bolt. And that's uh, number one, that's an, ho- that's an homage to how I grew up, which is, you know, through the New York City punk culture, CBGBs, all that stuff. But it's also an homage to, you know, the bad brains and, you know, all, all the teachings that I got from just listening to that band which uh, most notably is, you know, positive mental attitude. And I try to bring that into every aspect of my life and riding just um, accelerates that for sure. You know, like <laughs> it, it could be, it could be the worst day, man. You know, it could be the worst rainstorm, the worst breakdown, you know, but still, you're still on two wheels, you know? 
Hey, talking PMA, you're going to have to head on over to Crash Inc. because Brad actually has a big shirt, the PMA shirt for that positive mental attitude. It's pretty sweet. I think I saw that. Um, I think I saw that on Instagram, and I mentioned that message to the guy. But, like, yeah, those are awesome, man. They are pretty sweet. He's got some cool designs and some cool stuff. And he was another cool guy I hooked up with and has done a lot, you know, really trying to help me grow this. And, you know, as every person I talk to, it just seems to – you know, to build more, you build those friendships and, you know, like we talked on a while for phone and, you know, doing this and, you know, it, it's really cool to be able to, you know, it's one thing to follow, you know, like yourself. I mean, you got a good, a good following on your social media and, you know, I'm still, I'm a nobody in the world of it. I'm, you know, having fun trying to get somewhere and we'll see, see how it grows, but it's really neat to talk to people like yourself and, and build these friendships. And, you know, it, it's something I, I really enjoy and, you know, happy to, happy to meet all you guys and, and build this. It's a lot of fun and, you know, try to grow this and see where it goes. Yep. And that, and that's, that's all, that's all that positive mental attitude, man. Like Connor, Connor's got that PMA, Bongus Flat's got that PMA, right? And pe- it's funny because like people see me, people see me use that hashtag and people get the bad brains tribute that I'm trying to put out there. But sometimes people get the idea a little bit twisted of like what it means. And some people think it's like, Oh, it's that basic slogan of no bad days. Like, that's not what it means. Like we, the thing that I get concerned about sometimes, and I try to be very, very careful with, with my content on Instagram and my content on YouTube is I don't want people to see these videos and I don't want people to see these posts and think that I'm living this perfect life with this perfect bike setup, with these perfect bike trips. Like I do my best to show that, Hey, I'm, I'm a a normal dude, just like you. I work a nine to five, just like you, you know, and this bike life, this content that I'm doing, it's not always pretty. You know, we have, I do, I I, I put up all my breakdowns, right. I put up every time I dropped a bike, I put up every failure I have. Right. Cause it's like people, people need to see that in terms of the yin yang, it's, it's not just always good. You know, this, this is balanced with, challenging situations with hefty repair bills with um scary moments you know all sorts of things and you know the crazy thing about it is when when i put up content that's explicitly showing failure on my part it always has this like crazy positive response it always has the most amount of views whereas the craziest one is this summer like i'm i'm um i'm doing a group ride and we're riding to an event and it's like me and maybe it was a lot of bikes. There's at least 10 plus other bikes. And it's like a bunch of like dudes that I know with like super interesting chopper builds. Like, so you got all the cool chopper guys there. And then you had like a couple club guys in the mix too. And then you got like a couple dining guys. It was like a really, really cool group ride. And I'm like, um, I'm going out of my way. I'm riding pretty hard. I'm kind of weaving in and out and I'm doing all this so I could get um, really good riding shots of all the people that are on the, on the ride. But I'm also doing this in a heavily trafficked road. So my dad's on the ride, like he sees what's happening. And literally in front of the entire group ride, he, he, he shuts it down and he gives me a lecture. He chews me out. Like, I haven't been chewed out since I was, like, maybe 10 years old in front of this entire group ride. And it's like, dude, you could hear a pin drop, man. Because it's like, 
my, my dad's the type of guy where he's just like he's got that PMA for sure. Like he he's he's super generous, super giving. But when he gets mad, like it's like, dude, you better run for the hills, man. <laughs> so this happened, and I was recording it, and I, and I just remember like thinking, I'm like, man, that was like, I I, I gotta I gotta post this, you know, because it was so embarrassing. And I just wanted to show people that it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool that I ride with my dad. You know, it's cool that I do these group rides and everything. But like, this is what could happen if you, if you put in a lot of miles with someone who loves you and someone who raised you. It's like, when you do something stupid, you're going to get checked. And there's going to be embarrassing moments in your riding career. And people need to see that. It's not all cool guy Dinah stuff. You know, sometimes you're getting embarrassed. Sometimes you're beating failure and like people need to see that, you know? Well, you know, it just kind of reinserts that, Hey, he's still your dad. Yeah, dude. It was so crazy. Like that, that video has 50,000 views at this point. And um, it's just like a really interesting example of like humankind. <laughs> Cause like I put, I put that video up and dude, the, the comment section got pretty emotional from that video of people talking like, Oh, you know, I, my dad doesn't talk to me in X amount of years, blah, blah. And then you have, then you have actual conversations starting where people are like, Oh, you should call him. And like, you know, this a lot of feelings came out of that. I think that, that, that resonated for a lot of people for good or for worse. Hey, that's pretty cool on itself though, too, is, you know, maybe, you know, people on that got something, you know, mentally also out of that. And, you know, maybe that video also helped, you know, some people also reconnect. Yeah, absolutely, man. And it's like the, the thing about YouTube in general is like I know like certain I know some motobloggers, myself included, could you could get kind of discouraged at times, like feeling like, oh, you know, I'm creating content that's been done before or oh this person's creating content that i did and they're getting a better reaction but like in the grand scheme of things like you could take a part on that bike and you could have 10 different moto vloggers review it and at the end of the day that in itself is a major benefit for the motorcycling community as a whole like the more people we have reviewing parts the more people we have like showing these different roads putting their own spins on it it's it's more of a better thing for us as a whole as a motorcycle community. That's why like I don't look at YouTube and I don't look at other moto vloggers in a competitive way because it's like they're providing a service. They they might be helping someone with their own bike build or maybe they're saying something that someone needs to hear while they're having a bad day. So it's like I'm I'm doing my best to like put forth efforts to be a little bit more collaborative with the YouTube moto vlogging community, you know, cuz you know, we're we're all rowing in the same boat here. You know, well, it you know kind of keeps your your whole theme. You know, of being original too. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's the thing is like the cool thing about about um, there's not many of us. There's just not a lot of people of it. People doing it. So every every moto vlogger you find, whether it's a you know a bigger channel, smaller channel, mid range channel, they're all so different. You know, everyone's got their own spin. Everyone's got their own like thing that they're good at like some people are really good at um install videos and like bike build projects right whereas like other people are like really good at just like doing um doing like really good videos highlighting the ride itself and like really getting that exhaust to sound good you know whereas like other people are really good at telling a story you know so that's why i 
I get really excited about the motoblogging community. Like there's not a single motoblogger out there that I don't like and that I don't respect. And I think it's, uh, it's only getting better, you know, it's only growing, you know? Well, it's like you said, I mean, everybody is, you know, telling their own story, so to speak. And, you know, I think a lot of it's cool. Like, you know, you do some of your stuff, you're riding and you got your mic set up and, you know, you're talking about different things or the area and, you know, it's, everybody has their style and I really enjoy watching your style of videos. I think it's really cool the way you do yours. And like I said, I've been tuning in for a while and one of these days I'm going to have to just finally pull the trigger and kind of do some and kind of try to showcase, you know, the, uh, the area I live in too and, and get it out there for people to see. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and it's like the, I know I, I've, I've had, I have a lot of friends that have, that are currently motoblogging or have done it before. And like some of them have stopped doing it just because, you know, they're discouraged with the views that they're getting, you know, it's not as much as they were getting at one other time. So they just stopped completely. And that, that always, um, that's always really disappointing to me, you know? And I'm, I'm kind of at this like place with the channel where it's like at a really, really good place. Um, number wise and traction wise for me where it's like not too big where I feel like I have to make content that I necessarily don't want to make but it's also not so small like it was where you know I'm 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 in contact with a lot of people I'm hearing a lot of really interesting ideas and feedback from stuff that I'm producing so it's like I think but but the thing about my journey is like I'm having just as much fun doing it as I had when I had 100 subscribers you know so I think like, especially during those times where I did have a hundred subscribers, it was just so free. You know, I, I could really make whatever content I wanted to make in any way I wanted to make it. So no matter like where you're at in your journey, you know, whether it's like making motovlogs or starting up a photo sharing account for Instagram or something, I think there's like, there's value for each of those journeys as each of the parts of the journey and there's there's benefits um, there's benefits to each for sure. So I think people need to just like be satisfied, enjoy the ride. But also me personally, like I, I try I try to get better every day. I'm still trying to get better, you know. And I think it it makes it more genuine. Like you said, you know, you're still having fun. You're still you enjoy just as much as when you did when you had a hundred subscribers. It keeps it that much more genuine. And when you're having fun doing it, I mean that's. You know, you're doing it for the right reasons because you're still having fun and you just enjoy doing it. You know, you're not doing it because you want to get 100 million subscribers and be rich from YouTube. But, I mean, in the grand scheme, sure, it would be nice where you, you get something back. But the bottom line is you're having fun doing it and you enjoy it. Yeah, that's well, that's the thing. It's like I'm I'm blessed to, like, really just be in love with my career and my profession and that's that's the number one in my life like that's the number one thing that 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 gives me just as much fulfillment as motorcycles do um i'm not going to say specifically what i do but i'll just say that i for 10 plus years i work to support kids out here in new york city and i get to work with a lot of youth out here and that's just been incredibly incredibly fulfilling work so like when I look at something like YouTube or I look at something like Instagram, like I'm already fulfilled like through my professional life right now. So that stuff to me is just icing on the cake at this point. And I think that's like a, for me mentally, that's like a healthier way to kind of look at it, you know? 
I think that's awesome. That's really cool. But it's also because because I work with the youth here in the city, it's also caused me to be really careful about the content that I make because you know, I don't ever want like a kid that I've worked with or or parents or a family member to like see me saying something in public, like whether it's on YouTube or Instagram, that's going to be a bad example. Because I've, I've been a role model at this point for like over a thousand kids. And like, I, I am very careful with what I put out there. So like when you go onto my YouTube, I'm, I'm never going to be cursing. You know, I'm never going to be really putting forth anything that's like negative or hurtful to anyone. And, um, you know, Vongaslad will tell you, like, when you see me on YouTube, my writing is generally a little bit more uh, subdued than how I would ride if the cameras aren't rolling. And that's, again, like, dude, it was the craziest thing, man. I had, I'm, I'm, I'm on my block, this, um, another rider down the block for me. He goes by um, XX the gnarly kid. He's he's building a uh, 2017 FX DLS. He's like doing the heads of the engine all in gold and everything. He's doing all these really cool accents on the bike. So I stopped by to say what's up to him, and it's him and another dude that I used to ride with, and we're just you know catching up and everything. Some dude walks out of a coffee shop, walks over to where we're standing, comes directly up to me and shakes my hand, and I'm like, this this is bizarre. And and then, and then he looks at me, he looks me in the eyes and he says my name. I'm like, I've never seen this dude before. Like, how, how do you know my name? And then, and then he goes, oh, you don't, you don't remember? You, you don't, you don't remember me? It's a kid I worked with 10 years ago. Who's now like growing. Not only is he growing up, you know, the kid's in his mid twenties, but the kid's also on a Honda Rebel. He just started riding, right? So this is the first time where that intersection has actually ever happened between my YouTube and my Instagram life uh, with my actual professional life. Cause now, you know, he's, he's watching my channel, he's watching my content. And like, I'm very cognizant of that. You know, it's like, I, I want to make sure that I'm putting forth content that's not going to make, you know, a new writer like that make bad decisions, you know? And, and that I, I try to be careful. I'm not, I'm not perfect at all times. Like you're definitely going to find videos where I'm doing some pretty serious speeds. You know, you're definitely going to find videos where I like to do quote unquote tactical maneuvering out here in the city. <laughs> if it, I, I love it, man. Cause there's always someone who comments, man, isn't lane splitting illegal in New York. And then my hands down comment back is always, Oh no, that segment of the video was shot uh, outside of LA. <laughs> I leave <it> at that. <laughs> nice. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Life is cool, man. Life is cool and interesting. Hey, you know what? As long as you're, you know, having a good life, you're enjoying everything. It's just a bonus. You know, if you can have fun doing this and, and everything you got going on, but still be happy in the, the day and smile. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean that that's it. I mean go, going forward in terms of content on the channel, it's like I'm definitely trying to push myself to well what's what's coming next is what you'll start to see in January is we talked about that 2019 Sturgis trip. Mm-hmm. I I have just so much footage banked from that trip that I just never got around to because I kept recording other rides after that that I was like, "Oh, I'm excited to like talk about this new Farrag or I'm excited to uh share this video of my dad barking on me or whatever it is i never got to the footage 
So you'll start seeing that Sturgis footage drop in like January, February, probably all the way into March. Because I know a lot of people originally did follow my channel just to see that type of content. And then um, I want to really try to start making new type of content similar to what you're doing, where the videos themselves are not so much focused on me and the Instagram content is not so much focused on me but I want to really try to tell the story of other people's um, other people's bikes and other people's riding philosophies, just like you're doing right now. So I kind of want to start to focus the cameras more on my outfacing riding community and not have it be so much on me as I go forward. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that hopefully we could get some, uh, you know, videos of that nature to start to see like some of the other different types of bikes out here, you know, hopefully in the spring is, is my, my plan right now. So you got any uh, hopeful trips for, for next year that you hope you can get done? Oh, by, by any means necessary, I will be riding cross country <laughs> with uh Vongaslot once again. Um, it, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that trip with him. Like we, we've been talking about that for a long time. So I'd like to definitely make that happen and try to attempt a couple one K's in one day while we're doing that. So that I'm definitely going to do definitely a long trip with a uh, Vanga slot. And then probably de- definitely a trip in there too, with my dad. Like that's just some, that's a tradition every summer we do some sort of bike trip. So whether that's like I'm already on the Pacific coast with Vongasla and then I ride halfway through the country to meet up with dad and then maybe do something out in the middle of the country. You could do something like that. Or, you know, it could be a type of thing where I just get back home and then we do another moto camping trip. We'll, we'll see what happens, but you'll start to see the fireworks out in the summer. It's going to be an eventful summer. Well, shoot, man. If you guys ever make it anywhere close in Northwest, I definitely keep in touch, man. It'd be awesome to meet up with you guys. Well, yeah, that's why I, w- I wish I'd known you. Um, I wish I'd known you like a year ago when we were <laughs> in your neck yeah. of the woods, ripping around. You're only like, ride. yeah, you're only shoot an hour to hour and a half away. Yeah, that would be that was like that was the thing. Is like I kind of, you know, Jenny's from there, but I was kind of going in there blind, you know. So we were kind of just like, oh, this looks like a cool road. Oh, this this, this peninsula looks pretty cool to loop around. Let's do this. But it would have been nice to kind of had someone who knew the place to you know really optimize the riding out there now kind of what area is she from around over here oh man i'm i gotta try to remember it's like it's it's a suburb that's probably i don't know maybe 20 or 30 minutes outside of seattle it's not okay it's not towards the puget sound it's towards the opposite direction okay yeah, there's a lot of them, so we could name off cities for a long time and never know if we got the right one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but her her folks still live out there, and um, you know, yeah, that's that's where her family's from. You know, we definitely gotta gotta say what's up to them from time to time. So I'll definitely be back out there. You know, awesome. Well, shoot, man, you know this has been fun. You know, I know I could keep talking bikes and keep talking forever, but I think we've already gone gone past an hour and there's seems like it's been 20 minutes yeah man i can't i can't wait till the next time we do this again i feel like you know you're gonna have like the full-on studio you're gonna have like the fact checker you know it's gonna be like (laughs) the fact checker yeah dude i I see i see a lot of possibilities for what you're doing here i think i think this is gonna 
really unfold into something special as, as I think it's already something very special. And I think you're doing just a really important service for our community out here. Thank you. I mean, and you know, it's like, like with anything, you know, uh, I think it it goes along with YouTube. Like we talked earlier. I mean, everybody, you got to start somewhere and you can only go up from there as you, you learn little tips and you learn tricks and as your equipment evolves and it'll be cool. I got some cool ideas. I just got to get Wi-Fi better reach out in my shop and I can do these, you know, out in the shop where the bike is. And I mean, I got almost a thousand square foot shop out, out back behind my house with a wood stove and it would be cool to be able to do a lot of this out there. Even some of it with guys, you know, try to hook up with people, especially in the summertime, if they're traveling, do some uh, video podcasting also, not just, you know, the audio vi- version and it'd be really cool. Yeah, man. Well, let's, um, let's definitely stay in touch because I could very well be out that way um, in the summer. And it'd be really great to feature in person and touch base to get some miles in, you know? Hey, absolutely, man. That'd be awesome. And, you know, I, I like to make this little note somewhere in the podcast for anybody, you know, yourself, you know, we we're talking earlier about that PMA t-shirt. Anybody listening, there is, when you go to crashandclothing.com, I do have a promo code. Crash1 will save you guys some money. I don't put this promo code out on Facebook. It's not on Instagram. The only place you can find it or hear it is going to be on the podcast. A little something for everybody that listens and or for you know, the guys on the show, if they want to get some gear and save some money, you can use Crash One and it will save you some money if anybody wants to get any of that crashing clothing gear. Yeah, dude, I'll be putting my order in right after I uh, eat dinner after this. Right on, man. Well, hey, big thank you, you know, for, uh, for you know, accepting my invite and, you know, getting a hold of me. And, you know, I, I thought it was really cool. I, I shoot messages out to guys and I figured the worst thing, either I'm not going to get a response or, or they just say no. And, you know, you really eager and it was awesome it was great meeting you and talking to you and then you know we after talking on the phone for quite some time we hooked up here and it's been a great episode and i think down the road we could easily do more episodes together man it was a lot of fun talking with you and i really enjoyed it yeah you got it man i'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry it took so long to make it happen it's like uh like like most people for work for me the past couple of months has just been like truly insane so but but what happened is once i was able to listen the Vonga slots, I was just like really, really impressed by the, your, the questions that you were asking and by the format that you were running. And once I heard that, I was halfway through. I was like, oh, man, I got to I gotta really uh, wake up and get this thing going, man, because I want to I talk to this guy. Well, and, you know, a lot of guys want to, you know, have time. We talk to them and, you know, whether you can talk to a guy, say, on a Monday, say, hey, you know what, let's hook up tomorrow night. You know, I like to also try to – do my homework, so to speak, you know, and, and get a good, you know, write down some good notes or try to do some conversations and, and do it. It's like the one when I hooked up with a uh, Connor the other night, I had a bunch of notes and I think we went for almost an hour and a half and it's like, you get on a conversation and you get sidetracked to another one. I think I only, I probably had a dozen questions written down, you know, little topics to start on. I think we only touched on half of it just because, it was just a, a free flowing conversation, having a good time. And, you know, some get like that. And it's really cool when you can meet somebody and you guys just, you just flow. And then, you know, kind of like we were doing today, just having a good conversation and having fun talking bikes. I, I have, I just have like a long list of moto vloggers and, and personalities out here that I think you would find really interesting. So I'm going to have to, 
I don't want to say it on here because I'd be putting you through another probably ten minutes. But there's <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of really interesting people doing really cool stuff right now in whether it's the moto vlogging community or just the riding community in general. So I think you got like a pretty inexhaustible list for now. Awesome, man. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have to get in touch off the air and uh, make some notes or figure some things out. But hey, thanks so much for taking time out of your day or actually probably your evening over there now and and you know taking time out to shoot the breeze with me. Hey, I greatly appreciate your time and coming on today, man. It was a lot of fun. Thanks so much, man. I just wanted to take a second to uh, give a couple shout outs to my sponsors. Is that all right? Hey, absolutely, man. The, the floor is yours, buddy. Right on. So first off, um, this is FXDLS Brooklyn. You can find me on YouTube as well as Instagram. And just want to give a huge shout out to all my Patreon supporters. Couldn't be doing this stuff without you guys. Um, Got to give a shout out to Lex and Moto. If you're in the market for a comm unit, head on over to Lex and Moto. Big shout out to Mark. Um, shout out to First MFG. If you're in the market for a leather jacket, leather vests, um, any riding gear, check them out. First MFG, they're uh, coming out of uh, New York, so local out here. Uh, another shout out to Get Lowered, another East Coast company. They have parts from T-bars to exhaust to seats, so any parts you need, check out Get Lowered. Shout out to Memphis Shades for um, keeping that wind off of us, making some of the best fairings. And finally, shout out to Moons MC from the West Coast for providing that quality, quality lighting. And for any of those companies that I mentioned, if you're interested, just shoot over to uh, my YouTube and you can find promo and discount codes for any one of those companies. But that's it. Thanks for all the support. Awesome, man. Hey, and thank you for coming on, taking time. And hey, guys, thank you, everyone. Don't forget, you guys can head over to crashandclothing.com. Crash1, all uppercase letters, will save you some money. And as always, hey, you guys ride safe and have a good time. Hey, thank you, everybody. Thanks, BK. Hey, you got it, man. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. Hey, me too. Look forward to doing another, get another one down the road. Let's do it. Right on. Hey, you guys ride safe.